0: Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I'm happy to be joined today by Brad Garnett, the leader of Cisco Talos Incident Response. Thanks for coming on as always, Brad, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule.
1: Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Always happy to be back here having conversations with you and our listeners out there.
0: So the reason I, I wanted to have you on this week is because Cisco was mentioned in two major analyst reports uh, regarding incident response services. Obviously this was you know super exciting for the team and it recognizes the amazing work that they've been doing all of this year. So what can you tell me about the two reports which you can read about on our blog and I'll be linking below in the show notes and what they mean in terms of the broader landscape of the IR field?
1: Sure, sure. So I'll start off with the most recent one. Foresters Now Tech, right? So Cisco was one of 36 cybersecurity incident response service providers in Foresters Now Tech Q4 2021, recognizing us, you know, within the playing field as a major, you know, as a incident response services provider. So that, that is awesome. And then also, the big news as well is that Cisco was named a leader in the 2021 IDC Marketscape Report for Worldwide Incident Readiness. So those are the two key reports that have come out in the, in the last few weeks. And again, team's excited. It's great to be recognized by IDC as a leader in Worldwide Incident Readiness.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. And the other reason why I wanted to have you on around this time of the year, obviously, is because a lot of people will likely be reviewing their IR plans heading into the new year. And the new calendar year, I know at least for us certainly it means new projects and you come back hopefully feeling a little bit invigorated. So what are some things that organizations should be doing to make sure that their plans are up to date and are secure heading into the new year if this is something that they're choosing to take a look at?
1: No, absolutely right. And and really at the at the end of the day, it, it's about constantly updating those incident response plans, right? There's a lot of still a lot of uncertainty. Of what that endemic will will look like, right? Organizations around the world are kind of making the decisions as it relates to the return to work and everything like that. So as the workforce, right, what it looks like currently and then going forward, the instant your in, an organization's incident response plan and capabilities needs to be constantly updated to reflect, you know, their their users, their capabilities as it relates to managing threats and really testing those incident response plans through a tabletop exercise. You know, one of the things that IDC mentioned, John, in uh, in the marketscape was, you know, organizations that seek to have a strong threat intelligence capability and a flexible IR retainer should consider Cisco. And that's one of the things that, you know, I'm honored and one of the things that we're able to do for our retainer customers, right? We have a flexible retainer with all these different services that help get customers where they need to go on their threat management journey we'd much rather show up to test an incident response plan through a tabletop exercise than show up on a customer's worst career day so yeah the really the updating the IR plans cuz again i mean as as we know the the threat landscape is constantly changing and evolving and you and i were just chatting briefly just a second ago on something that we're working on right now that's kind of late breaking and how it kind of we have to shuffle priorities so Yeah, again, that resiliency, testing, updating IR plans, that's something that everyone can do, right? I mean, not only looking to us as a service provider, but CISA is a great example of that, um, sharing things for industry verticals that organizations can do right now, do a tabletop to test those IR plans.
0: Yeah, and, you know, this is also uh, the time of the year where scammers and spammers want to step up their game. This is something that Nick Biasini and I talked about last episode. So I'm I'm just kind of wondering if you have any good advice for how people can best prepare for spam emails, any scams that they might be getting, especially as we head into a time where a lot of people are going to be out of the office or on vacation, making them short-staffed or maybe you don't have your on-call team, that kind of stuff. I
1: think really the big thing, when we, you know, when we talk about, you know, cybersecurity hygiene, uh, I'm sure yourself, John, like me over the last few weeks, right, at least for... Our listeners and organizations in the americas right after the thanksgiving us holiday we have you know black friday cyber monday right? so you know the the spam those incoming emails right it really is a good idea to look at and say oh yeah i, I didn't know that my personal information was l- listed on this side so look at all those uh kind of shopping you know a lot some of those email lists that uh, maybe you didn't know that you opted in for it's a really good opportunity yeah, there's a lot of great deals out there for the consumer, but also for the consumers related well to the holidays, adversaries are taking advantage of that, but it's a good opportunity when you're thinking about cyber hygiene to look at, you know, where does my data, what, where are my where's my email address exposed, right? Cuz again, we you know, we've seen that in especially our our quarterly trends. We uh, you know, business email compromise um which I thought was you know, interesting to see that as a significant uptick. I mean, we see it every day, but, you know, again, when we're publishing and sharing our IR quarterly returns to see that significant uptick, uh, I mean, that really kind of signifies, you know, really from an impact. So again, every good incident starts with a phishing or an email scam. So yeah, just being vigilant, thinking where your email addresses, what you're using for different lists, uh, opting out of those and really just managing your digital, uh, your digital footprint.
0: So the last thing uh, I'll ask you and then I'll get you out of here uh, is kind of about the, you know, looking back at the year in reviews. Next week is going to be our last episode of 2021 with Joe Marshall and I kind of recapping the year in Malware. So, you know, we've kind of had, we've had everything from like the solar winds fall out at the beginning of the year. Then we had stuff like the Kaseya supply chain attack. As you mentioned, we've got another thing coming out and that will be up by the time this episode comes out that seems like it's going to have some wide-ranging impacts. So what are some lessons learned that that you can take away from this year that you're going to be carrying with you into 2022?
1: I think the big, you know, when we talk about supply chain, and really everything is, is really about third-party risk. But I'm having conversations with CISOs, different customers, you know, when you think about supply chain, what is supply chain? You know, there's many different examples of what the supply chain looks like for different industry verticals. But Kaseya is a great example, right? A remote uh, access tool leveraged, that, that becomes a supply chain or a tool that's leveraged, a third-party risk. So third-party risk is really the biggest thing. When we think about ransomware as a service model and kind of the uh, just the, how adversaries have continued to kind of up the ante and up their, up their game, one of the unmitigated risks associated with that is when data is leaked by adversaries what does that, you know, that's really the lifeblood of future attacks against the organization, but also for other adversaries through the ransomware as a service model, other criminal actors to leverage that to carry out new uh, attacks. So, again, when you think about, you know, the life cycle, um, ransomware continues to be huge. So, really being resilient, having, preparing for an incident they are going to happen, how you manage that risk. What is your ability to respond? then also learning from those incidents. So if your organization was just hit with an email campaign, right, that it had a significant business impact, taking that and then applying in that right back into that prepare phase, that's really what's critical, you know, at the end of the day, and that's, that's really resiliency. So third-party risk um, is really the, the big thing.
0: Yeah, the su- supply chain is just going to become my blanket excuse for everything now. Like if I'm <laughs> five minutes late to a WebEx meeting, uh, it was the supply chain or I, f- forgot, to, <laughs> I <know. laughs> forgot to do the dishes before my wife came home. Uh, the stupid supply chain slowed me down.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny you, you mentioned that. Is I mean, really, I mean, there's just, there's just so much. And, you know, they, they, the average person may not really understand, you know, what the supply chain is and how it impacts them. Like, why can't I order this thing on Amazon? Why is it taking right. so long? What is this chip shortage? How does it supply? Yeah.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much as always, Brad, for coming on the show and happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays. Thank you, John. I appreciate it as always.